0: Okay, so, hopefully you guys have been challenged and encouraged by our Galatians series times that we're doing. Uh, and we're, we're going to wrap up chapter 3 tonight. And then we're going to have, again, a two-week break because we have a uh, special guest speakers from Texas coming in. They'll be here tomorrow. They'll be here this Friday for the singles devotional. And they're also going to preach both services on Sunday. Uh great couple, bilingual couple. It's going to be a great time for that. Then the week after that, Sean Barnes is going to be here to preach as well. So uh, we will continue Galatians uh, March 17th. Uh, That will be the next time because these next two Sundays, the 3rd and the 10th, will be taken. So just to kind of let you know what we're going to do. Uh, One of the things, we're going to do some different things to help us get more people studying the Bible. And one of the things we're going to do is on March 17th, we're going to have an altar call. Now what that is, let me explain that. Because I know it's different all over different places. I'm not saying you come up here and oh, you saved. no. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. I call it an altar call because we'll have our deacons. They're going to be lined up all over the... And I'll say this before I start preaching. So everybody will know this is what's coming. But they'll be all down the aisles, all in the front. And when I'm done speaking, we'll sing a song. It'll be an extended song. But at that point... Anybody that's here that wants to study the Bible, just write your name and phone number down. Or if you're already a member, you got a prayer request. There's some need. You write it down. During the song, you get up, go over to the deacons, uh, hand them your request. If you brought a friend with you and they want to go, you walk with your friend over to the Deacons. So you just going to say, hey, go on over there, you know, and leave them on their own. You go with them, escort them over there. Hey, my name is so-and-so. Hi, I'm Deacon Andre. And uh, just want to say, thank you for coming. And all those deacons will follow up with the people that they have the names and numbers. So this will be a a great way to kind of get that going. So I know many people used to altar call. You come down, praise the Lord. You say, that ain't what I'm talking about. That ain't reality. That ain't biblical. Uh, But we're just going to do this. Because a lot of times, there's a lot of people, especially right after church, that have a desire to want to get to know God anymore. So we need to strike while the iron is hot, in other words. So uh, so that's one of the things we're going to do. The next month we're going to have a family reunion. And what I mean by that is anybody that was a disciple and is no longer a disciple, we want to have, I don't want to call it a follow-away date. But it's a family reunion where we're having everybody come back We're going to have a great time We'll have a potluck afterwards I mean, we'll just make this thing a big uh, event But our focus is going to be On those that have left the Lord For whatever reason To try to bring them back Uh, So we can't just let them go Now, and and speaking of that Let me just be very specific with us here Uh, So let's... uh, Get into our lesson here before I get a divorce from taking too long. I want to focus today on, on what Paul talked about when he talked about being a son in the family of God. Now, when I say son, I also mean daughter. So that's just kind of a general thing son or daughter in the family. Um, I was never adopted, uh, but when someone is adopted, they become a part of the family, a part of sonship. And what's going on. Uh, I was in the room when Lauren delivered our two kids. Uh, there was a lot of screaming. There was a lot of pain. And uh, I'm sure she felt some things too. Uh, but there was just a lot going on. But God never meant for Jesus to be an only child. And this is what we got to understand. God is the Father of all men. Amen. Now the Bible doesn't say it like that But it does say that he's the creator of all men Thus he is the father of all men And in John 8 you not have to turn there But Jesus said there are many people whose father is the devil And they follow him instead of following God Look over in John chapter 1 We're going to get to Galatians but let me set it up for us here John chapter 1 verse 11 John 1 verse 11 says He came to that which was his own But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. This is the most important question a person can ask. How do I become a son of God? How can I be born into the family of God? And this is what the book of Galatians is answering Because the Galatian Christians They were Became Christians, they were excited And then they started getting all these things bombarded On them, and so then they started Questioning, not just their conversion But am I really in the Family of God Because those that came first, those Jewish People are saying, you also Got to do this, this and that, so they started Having insecurities and questions So look over in Galatians chapter 3. Let's answer that question. See how Paul answers that question. Galatians 3 verse 26 is where we'll start. And here he talks about sons of God. He says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come... God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent His Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father.
1: So you are no longer a slave, but a son.
0: And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. The point of the whole text is this. It is through grace, not law, that we experience true sonship. It is through the grace of God. Now again, those Jewish people, they were saying that if you want to be a son of God, you have to keep the law of Moses. Now, before I move on, I'm not confusing y'all when i talk about all this law stuff. This is what I'm referring to, the system that they had for being right with God. Uh, The rules that they had. So when I say law, that's what I'm referring to. So Paul's response is, living under the law doesn't produce mature spiritual growth. It doesn't produce sonship. But instead, it keeps a person spiritually immature. What I mean is this. If we have to have a system just to get us to have a quiet time, we're not growing. We're actually regressing into another childhood. We're more immature if we have to have... Some kind of program in order to get us to even come to events of the body We're not growing, we're not mature And this is what Paul is saying Our salvation, your growth as a Christian Cannot come under the law Because the law doesn't make you mature It keeps you an infant instead The image he uses is strange to us But let me illustrate it for you here In their culture In that society in the first century there was a deliberate ceremony in which boys were considered to enter manhood. The Jews called it bar mitzvah, which means son of the law. At the, and the 12 years old, the boy entered manhood through a specific ceremony. That's what the Jews did. And then the Greeks had a similar custom when boys reached 17 or 18. The parents would cut off his hair, and then after a series of ceremonies, the boy was considered responsible to the state. And the father no longer had responsibility for the boy. Now the Romans had the same kind of thing. They brought a boy between the ages of 14 and 17. The father could determine anywhere between 14 and 17. And the boy would come and he'd bring his favorite toy. Then they would burn that toy. Then they would take off all the boy's clothes and give him what they call a togar That's a dress of manhood. The boy would put it on and from that point on he would be considered a man. So in that culture, they had specific ceremonies that took you from being a, a, a boy to a man. Now until these customs were done, all the boys were basically like slaves. They just had to do all the work uh, the way the father told them to do. They had They had no rights, even though they were heirs, it would be theirs when the father died. But because they weren't a man, they were treated just like slaves. Until a time set by the Father to say, now the ceremony makes you a man. This is what Paul is telling us. We are all slaves until the time set by the Father for us to become children of God. Till we reach that manhood. And so Paul is trying to help them to understand by giving them just a simple illustration this is how it works in our culture, but this is also how God takes somebody from being a slave to being a son of the family. Now the tragedy of legalism is that trying to get to God by keeping the law and performance, it gives you the impression that you're growing spiritually, but you're actually regressing. If you think about it, when, when, let me just put it out here, when we as a congregation... Had our ways of doing things Our system of doing things It looked like everybody was on fire for the Lord That was kind of terminology Get fired up I hated that Get fired up Especially if I became a firefighter I'm like I ain't getting fired up (laughs) But then when the shackles came off Look at how many people left. Look at how many people had attitudes. Look at how many people couldn't work through things. Because it looked like they were so spiritual, but they were very immature spiritually. There were people that you thought, you will never leave. I know you're going to be up in heaven who's no longer around. Because sometimes we can give a great impression if we're following the law, the rules, the system. But that system does not mean you are actually growing in your spirituality. This is what Paul is talking about. Until the time had fully come, God sent his son to redeem us, to buy us back. At that point, that's when he says, no longer are y'all slaves, but now you are sons, heirs. Now, God knows our human nature. And he knows that we are attracted to systems. Uh, because if a person feels indebted to God, uh, we want to pay that debt off. So if I do this, this, and that, I'm paying the debt off. And some religions, they beat themselves on their back. They beat themselves. They, they do different things. They punish themselves thinking that's going to help pay back the debt to God. He sent us the law, again, for a certain period of time, to show us that we cannot be saved through the law. For 1,500 years, they tried the law. For salvation, and it did not work. So he said, "Listen, i let you try it for fifteen hundred years. It didn't work. Maybe now you can follow the way of grace." Look in the chapter chapter three, Galatians three, verse ten. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse, for it is written, "Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law." In other words, if you live under the law. You are in perpetual bondage. You are always going to be trapped under a set of rules. Because if you break one of them, the curse is upon you. So the question is, if that's the case, how can lawbreakers, slaves, become sons? Well, look at what Paul says there. Verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Mm -hmm. For it is written... Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promised Holy Spirit. The only way you and I can become sons, daughters, is to let Jesus take the curse for us. Those that don't want to accept Jesus as Lord will always be under a curse. Now, Archaeologists have found in the Latin culture tax receipts with the exact expression, consimus It means it's paid for. It. It's the exact Greek equivalent of the phrase tatalesti, which means it is finished. And that is the exact thing Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. In other words, the curse, the debt, is all paid for. It. It is finished. I'm finishing it for you. This is what Jesus said. See, there's only two kind of religions in the world. Those that try to be saved by what they do, and those that are saved by what was done. It's only one or the other. And if you go down every religion and you look at it, either you're trying to save yourself, or you're going off of what was already done for you. Paul says the only way we can be saved is by the finished work of Jesus Christ. The finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing I want to point out is God adopts us as we express our faith through baptism. Now, let me explain this one here because I know a lot of times we can get kind of caught up in baptism in some weird, funky ways. So we're gonna to have to get this smelling better. Yeah. Wow. Galatians three, verse twenty six. I'll be saying some, some country stuff. Y'all don't even have a clue what I'm talking about half the time. I can't understand y'all sometimes, so we even. So we're just talking here. Okay. Galatians three, verse twenty six. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now, notice this. It does not say, for all of you who are clothed with Christ have been baptized. It doesn't say that. What it says is, all of you who have been baptized are clothed with Christ. Paul sees baptism as the moment you're clothed with Christ. This gives people problems a lot of times. How can Paul say, you're not saved by works, but then in the same sentence, you need to get baptized? It's like, well, isn't baptism a work? Aren't you saying two of the same things? No, no. Baptism is not your work. It's an expression of your faith in God's work. See, it's not that you're doing it, but what do you do? You lay down in the water. It's an expression of your faith. That's why Paul can say we are baptized into the family of God. Look in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Colossians 2, verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. It says we weren't raised by our own energy and strength. We were raised by our faith in the power of God. Now, let me illustrate this. I like illustrations. I'm, I'm a little, you know, a lot of injuries to the head playing ball. So I give illustrations. Of pain. Now this is a, God made a promise to Abraham. That his dead reproductive body Would have a baby Abraham believed it And he received righteousness And Paul says You have to be saved just like Abraham did It's like okay wait a minute I don't understand that Would Abraham and Sarah have had a baby If they had not been intimate Wait a minute No Right So God said You are going to have a child But not only did they believe it, they had to act on that belief. Acting on that belief produced the child. Was it necessarily Abraham's dead old crusty body? Wow. No. Mm-hmm. It was God that did it, but they had to act on that faith in order to do it. You understand what I'm saying? See, it's, Okay, okay. Work with me here. The baby was a gift, a promise. It had nothing to do with their flesh. Amen. And that stuff was shut down. It was all about the promise of God. So that's what God is saying when we're baptized. It's not up to you getting baptized the right way. No, 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 no. It's up to you believing in God who did it right. See, people that say it's just a outward sign of an inward repentance, you don't understand. You're twisted up in the scriptures. This is an act of our faith and through faith and that this is so important because honestly, sometimes people get so confused when it comes to baptism say you were baptized as a christian at 26 and at 30 you left the lord and now at 32 you want to get restored and come back okay i need to get baptized again okay wait a minute do you really need to get baptized again, or did you really you need to get restored back to the lord See, there's a difference. But sometimes people just want to get baptized for precautionary measures. Just in case the first one didn't take you. You don't understand the grace of God, the power of God. It's not about, let me do it again just in case. That right there says you don't understand. You need to go back and study some more things out. At baptism, nothing is earned, but everything is gained. Now, the third thing I want to point out here: God anoints you with the Holy Spirit to seal the relationship that you have with Him. So let me explain that. This is what Jesus promised in John chapter eight: "Born again from water and Spirit." And then Paul refers to it in Acts two thirty-eight: "And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." When God found Abraham, His ultimate goal was that someday Christ Jesus would, uh, through Christ Jesus, would receive the Holy Spirit. Looking at Galatians 3 verse 14. Galatians 3 verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promised Holy Spirit. The greatest blessing of sonship is to partake in the blessings of the Father. In other words, for us to be able to get the Holy Spirit. Think about it, when Jesus was baptized, The Spirit descended upon him like a dove. That's what happens at baptism. We receive the Holy Spirit. Out of all the beings in the universe, God is saying, you are my son. You are my daughter. Out of the millions and millions of people in this city, you are special to me. When we saw Hector baptized Sunday, all that is saying is, Hector, you are my son. Guys, we need to remember this. Because sometimes we let Satan play games with us, with our minds. We let Satan play, you know what? Maybe I need to reconsider if I'm a Christian or not. You know what? Maybe, you know, I, I shouldn't be sinning as much as I do. Maybe I should, I should think about, am I really a Christian? Listen, the blood of Jesus works. You're cold with Christ. It's not an issue of doing it again. Sometimes the issue is just repent. Amen. Why make it harder? Why try to all of a sudden become legalistic and let me go through another process? How about you just repent? That's all that needs to be done. How do I know I got the Holy Spirit? How do I know it's really in me? Because when I got baptized, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> if you did, you'd probably be dead. If somebody dropped something in that water, it's not about you feeling a <laughs> no, 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 So how do I know I got the Holy Spirit? Let me give you another illustration. Like the bang time. You ever go to the store to buy a CD? Oh no, you download them now. Just stay with (laughs) me. A DVD or something? So you go to the store to buy a CD. How do you know there's anything on that CD? You can't see the music. You can't see the notes. You bought something, you know, $15. You're like, how do you know you really did that? Only two ways to know there's music on that CD. The label says it is. And you stick it in and you hear music playing. Okay? The label says it is, you believe the Word of God. The Word of God says, if you are baptized into Christ as a disciple, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that label from the Word of God? Then, you stick it in, you see the results. Okay? Look at your life afterwards. Yes. Do you see the results? Amen. What made you stop watching porn? What made you stop cussing and drinking? What made you stop being the way you were? Holy Spirit. So, why doubt yourself five years later? Stop doubting yourself. Guys, we have so many victories in our lives, time and time again. And God is saying, You got the Holy Spirit in you. We got to understand, we have the Holy Spirit. So, what happens to people that receive the sonship? If I am a son, a daughter of God, what happens to me? What, that, what does that mean? Number one. You have a desire to be close to God To call him Abba Romans 8.15 Abba, Father If you are a child of God You have a desire to be close to God You want to be up in heaven with him You want to be able to talk to him You want to have those kind of things You have that desire Are you afraid of God? Let's be honest about this Now you got to realize Slaves were afraid of their master They were afraid to approach them Sons are not afraid to approach their dad If we're living off of fear Now we do need a healthy fear of God That's a whole lot different I'm not saying don't, don't fear God No 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 That's the beginning of wisdom To fear God But what kind of fear is it If you're fearful Oh no I messed up now I'm no longer going to be a Christian Oh no I messed up now No longer God's going to love me Oh no no That's not a healthy fear That's, that's some other kind of issues right there but not only do you have a, a, a desire to be close to God, you have a new want in life. What I mean is this. When I was a slave, I did it because I had to do it. Now that I'm a son set free, I do it because I want to do it. Many of us shared our faith because it felt like we had to do it. I have to go find somebody to bring to church. I have to share my faith. I have to read my Bible. I have to come to Bible talk. I have to confess my sins. Well now, do you do it because you want To do it Are you still a slave Or are you really set free This is where it comes down to Well I don't do it at all I don't read my Bible at all So I'm neutral You ain't neutral Just as Jesus said You follow your father the devil Do you do it because you want Again it's just like raising kids They obey out of fear for so long But then it gets to a point That they got to do it Because they want to do it Because they love you Because they're grateful And because you want to ride home Now, let me close out with this. We need to have confidence in our salvation. Each and every one of us that are baptized aside, we need to have confidence in our salvation. If you're studying the Bible, we want you to become a disciple of Jesus. Not so you can be a member of the church, so that you can have confidence in your salvation. You can be right with God, close with God. You can sleep at night happily and not worry about everybody going to wake up we got to have confidence in our salvation. Has Satan ever attacked you and made you wonder if you're really saved or not? If he hasn't, he's going to. That's one of the things he does. That's what I tell people all the time. That first year is one of the toughest years. Yeah. Because Satan's going to come at you in so many different ways. All, the, all of a sudden somebody's going to come out of the woodworks and want to hook up with you. Okay. They ain't talked to you in 15 years and all of a sudden now they're going to come out of nowhere. Hey girl, what's happening? That That's Satan. That is the devil. You need to just say, get behind me. Maybe not. Move <laughs> on. Sometimes the problem is we forget who we are. We forget I am a child of God. We forget, I used to be a slave, but now I'm set free. Let me tell you something. I know you love God. You would not be here on a Wednesday night. You are here because you love God. God. Guys, you got to be confident in that salvation. Confident in that. What brings you out? What makes you do this? Because you got to love for God in your heart, in your life. What helps you get over having attitudes of people? You talk it out because you want to be unified. Guys, the Spirit of God is living in us. That's right. The question for us now is, do I have the faith to help somebody else see what I've received? That's what it comes down to. Listen, we, we, we've done half the book of Galatians. Hopefully it has helped us to understand some things. To get out of some legalistic mindsets we've been in. Again, I'm not trying to bash the past, but we got to learn from the past. And the only way we can learn from it is some of that stuff we just got to talk about. But we also got to say, you know what? I'm able to be set free, but now I got to take responsibility. I can't rely on the system or other people to make sure I'm doing everything I need to do. I am a grown adult. I have to want it. I have to do it. If you don't want a disciple park, you're not gonna get a disciple park. Because you don't want one. If you want one, it's gonna be one there for you. If you don't want to come to Bible talk, you're not gonna come to Bible talk. But if you want, it's gonna be there for you. So the question for us: if something is there for us to help us, why not accept it? Why not take it? I hope this has helped. Hope this is helping us go. This this lesson was about the father helping them become sons. Uh, When i preach on the 17th, on our uh, altar call time, that was going to be about uh, uh, who's your mom. And I say that because there's two kind of mothers that Paul is talking about. Do you have the slave woman or the free woman? Which of these two mothers I'm saying this so you can finish reading Galatians And you can see for yourself What's about to happen But we're going to be talking about Hagar and Sarah The slave woman and the free woman Because Paul lays it out for them And they can't get away from this And he basically rebukes them Because they think they're set free But they're child children of the devil So I want us to be set free And that's the direction we're going to go So amen